Hi everybody, welcome to Flow with Noledi, the podcast that features every woman's story. So before we begin, I thought that I'd share my story. Some of you may know a little bit about my story from following me on Healthy Noledi, but for those of you who don't, here's a little bit about my background and how Flow with Noledi came to be about. I'll start the way I would like to ask my guests to start their story from the beginning. So I started my period when I was 13 and I remember that it was during English class and um, I wasn't prepared so went to the bathroom, got back into class and I wrote a note and I wrote the note to a girl called Rosemary. So she was very cool about it. She you know, passed the note back and we both ended up leaving class and she gave me a pad and asked me whether I needed painkillers. She was very understanding, very big sister-like. So that was that. It wasn't a big deal because I had older sisters and it was just normal. It didn't really stand out for me. But that was about 13. When I started to get to 15, 16, I started to get really bad cramps. And like I said, I had older sisters and I didn't see them cramping. Or if I did, you know, they'll pop a basco pan and they'll be fine. But my cramp started off as when you pop a basco pan, that's not working. Let's try basco pan plus. That's not working. And it got to the point where my mom was taking me into the ER because of cramps. And this progressed until I was in my early 20s. In between then, I think we'd go from doctor to doctor, but because I was so young, they just thought, you know, it's normal, it's growing pains. Nobody really took it seriously until it got to a point where in my early 20s, I was getting a prescription filled three months ahead of time. So the doctor was like, you know, instead of you coming in in so much pain and having to do a consultation, just come straight through and get your jab. So this would happen month after month after month until we decided, you know, let's let's figure out what's going on. And I remember my mom took me to like almost eight to ten different gynees in the space of a couple of months because nobody took my pain seriously. Everybody just thought, you're too young. It's It must be in your head or... There was a lot of gaslighting. There was a lot of should I say ignorance on the part of the doctors? Sad to say. But we were referred to this one guy in Upper Hill and we went into his office and I told him what I was experiencing. And he just told me, you know what? Just get a piece of paper when you get home and write down all your symptoms. At that point, apart from the pain during my cycle, I had back pain and pain shooting down my thighs even when I'd walk so he said write those symptoms down and then go google endometriosis and see whether your symptoms match up so I went home and I did that and I was like okay this this kind of looks like what I might have again I didn't know anything about endometriosis I didn't know what it was but it looked like this could be it this could be the answer and I didn't go back to that gynae. I was referred to 
someone else at Aga Khan, Dr. Prafur Patel. So we went to see him and at the time he was a specialist and he just made us feel so comfortable. He had all these diagrams and he really took time to explain what was happening in my body and why I was in so much pain. So he booked me in for surgery the next week, which I did. That was around 2012. So I was in my early 20s and we did the surgery, the laparoscopic surgery. And he confirmed I had endometriosis. Again, I didn't know the magnitude of what this endometriosis was. I just felt more comfortable knowing that this pain was not in my head. There was actually now a name to this thing. But I didn't, I didn't do more any research or anything. I just like, okay, I have endometriosis. So surgery gets done and in less than a month, I was in pain again, which I was not expecting. I thought surgery equals relief, but that was not the case. So at that point, I was like, okay, I need to take things into my own hands. I need to read about endometriosis. I need to figure out what this thing is. So I came across a book. I think I was just online and it's called the Endometriosis Bible. I would highly recommend anybody to read it if you have a friend a wife a girlfriend somebody who has endometriosis please read that book so I read this book and it explained one what endometriosis is but it also explained to me that I needed to take things into my own hands that medication hormone pills surgery was not gonna do it so I just started trying to figure out how I can help myself. At that point, I also had IBS because of the endometriosis. So immediately I cut out gluten, cut out alcohol. Um, I just started making small changes in my lifestyle, trying to reduce this pain naturally. And then I moved to Canada. I moved to a little town on the east coast called Halifax and the reason I moved there is because I had found a doctor who specialized in endometriosis so yeah I, I picked up moved to Canada it wasn't even school was not my priority my priority was seeing this doctor who could help me so I move over and she was a homeopathic doctor she dealt with homeopathy and Chinese medicine. So I saw her and she actually got me into remission. But while I was in Canada, I continued to read about the things that I needed to change for myself. And just about that time, my sister sent me the documentary, Good Hair. And it just talks about how there's so many chemicals that go into our bodies, especially as black women, our hair relaxers, the things that we're using, and how they mess up our hormones. So I made the decision, okay, I'm going to cut off my perm. And again, I'm in this town where there's no black people, or if they are, they're, they're far and few to be found. So I had to Google, and I found this a black hair supply store. And I remember I took about three buses in the winter 
got to this store and I bought a wig and scissors and I got home and I just I shaved my hair off I just cut it off and I said okay I'm done with the relaxer I'm done with the perm and I had this wig at the time I lived with my roommate and she was white and for the six months that I lived with her she had no idea that I was wearing a wig to this day I don't think she does know that I wore a wig all that time but that started I, I changed my hair products I changed what I used on my skin even the pads that I was using I looked for cotton based pads because I was reading that all these things are impacting my hormones they're making me sick so I made some major changes then and it actually did help I was in remission for the year that I was away then I get back to Kenya and you know I settled down and as 20 towards the end of 2013-2014 my endometriosis comes back and it comes back with a bang when I say with a bang it was it was bad so we go see my family doctor who's a GP he wanted to get his second opinion so he sends me for scans and when he sees them he immediately sends me for this blood test but he doesn't tell me what this blood test is Later on, I found out that it was a CA-125 blood test, which actually tests for ovarian cancer. That's, that's how bad my endometriosis was. So he does his test and he does his scans and he tells me, you know what, just go across the road to Nairobi Hospital. There's somebody who's waiting to see you there. So he sends me to a gynae across the road. Never met this guy before. And... He actually bumped me up in the queue because, you know, he's gone on a call that this is an emergency. You need to see this person ASAP. So we go in and we see him with my mom. He's an old gynae and he just tells me, we need to book you in for surgery on Tuesday. This is Thursday. I've never met this doctor before. And he just tells me, you need surgery ASAP. Not explaining why or what's going on. He's just like, you need surgery. And in the process, he asked my mom to leave the room so that he could talk to me. And he just goes on and on about how, even though I'm young, I'm in my early 20s, by the way, he's like, you need to just stop thinking about your career and life and you need to have a baby right now. He's like, if you don't have a baby now, you're not going to be able to have a baby in the future. So I remember just leaving the hospital feeling so overwhelmed and so distraught and helpless because one, I've been told you need surgery and two, you can't have kids. That again was a real turning point for me because I'm like, I'm not doing surgery again. I've done surgery. It didn't help. I'm not, I'm not going back there. So my parents gave me a week or two to figure out what I wanted to do and in that process I found another doctor in South Africa and we just clicked we emailed back and forth and I was like this is it I want to go see this doctor so in the next couple of years back and forth doing visits to South Africa and I absolutely just love this doctor she was he's amazing she has endometriosis herself. She specializes in homeopathy. So she got me back in remission 
just going back and forth to see her. And then COVID hit. And I get this email from this doctor telling me her and her family are moving to the UK so I can no longer go see her. That again was was a turning point because this is the one person who has figured out my endometriosis. I'm, man- I'm able to manage it with her and you know she's she's up and leaving. So since that point I've just been it's been trial and error trying this doctor trying that doctor trying to figure out what works what doesn't work but in the process I always like to share with other women what has worked for me because it might work for you and you don't have to go through the same trial and error that I've gone through the same lows or failures that I've gone through I can just let you know what has worked so come to 2023 and um this year has been rough should I say I can say maybe out of the seven months of this year maybe we've been to the ER four months sometimes twice in a month for pain meds and it gets to a point where even the nurses in the ER like you know you can't you can't keep this up you can't keep coming for such intense pain meds there it's not even good for your body so everybody in the ER kept telling us you know you need there's a specialist that you can see go see him and even some friends recommended this specialist so we go see him and what I appreciated is that he was he is able to see endometriosis and an adenomyosis on a scan and he just put our minds at ease by letting us know what was going on so currently I'm stage 2 adenomyosis which isn't doesn't sound bad but the pain does not necessarily equate to the stage so you could be stage 2 and your pain is more intense than somebody who's in stage four. Right now, I'm stage two. But in the conversations with him again, you know, he was very real saying that there's nothing that he can really do for me. At the end of the day, this is something that you have to live with, you have to manage, you have to figure out how to get yourself back in remission. So that's where I am. And as I'm going through that journey, I started to talk to more and more women who were going through similar issues, not necessarily endometriosis or adenomyosis, but they were going through reproductive health issues. And as I was having these conversations with them, so many of them felt alone in what they were going through. They felt like nobody could understand or nobody could relate. And that's when I thought, how many other women are sitting at home feeling alone in what they're going through. And so I wanted to create a platform that filled that void. So I wanted to create something that not only informed people of what we're going through, but also created a community where other women could tune in and listen and be like, I'm not alone in what I'm going through. And at the same time, you know, so-and-so has done this and it's worked for them. Let me try this also. So just a platform that encourages women, that fills that void of you're not alone in what you're going through. 
So in the coming weeks, I'm going to be having some very compelling conversations with some very brave, very vulnerable women who will be discussing how their reproductive health has impacted them negatively and positively. And through these conversations, I hope that you find something in there that impacts your journey in a positive way. Even though Lord Naledi is a podcast about women's reproductive health, my audience isn't just women. I would like to appeal to families, those in the workplaces, personal spaces like friendships and relationships to give this a listen so that maybe you can understand that person in your life who's going through something and with understanding hopefully will come empathy. Maybe I can sum it up with this quote. Tell the story of the mountain you climbed. Your words could become a page in someone else's survival guide. I think I can sum up Flo with Naledi with those words. It's a survival guide for other women who are going through similar issues but feeling alone.